for the truth of that song that that your will can truly be done in our lives. And in fact, you, you desire for your will to be done in our lives. And so, Father, help us to have a little bit of belief here this morning that we can step into these things like you really desire for us to step into the fullness of life that you offer to us. And so you're so gracious, Father, to offer that to us. And I pray that uh, this is a new year, and I pray, God, that you will do so much in this church, in this community, in our own hearts here this year in 2023. Father, I pray for these kids. You have started a work in 2022, and I pray that you will continue exponentially more in 2023. Father, you are doing a work. We see it. We notice what you're doing, and we pray for more in 2023. We love you a lot. In Jesus' name, amen. Kids and youth, you guys are dismissed. Have a great time. <laughs> well, happy new year to you all. Thank you. I appreciate that. Who of you guys stayed up until midnight to ring in the new year? A, f a few. Wow, less than I thought. Less than about half of you. I, I typically don't. Uh, this was the first time in years that I had. I made it to 1201. Uh, not to ring in the new year, but because that's the time that the football game ended last <laughs> night. So I don't know if you guys caught either of those games yesterday, but they were really something. Um, well, a lot of people love to celebrate New Year's because it is like a blank slate, isn't it? It's like last year, if it was not so good, it's behind me. This is a new year, a fresh year, and a lot of times people will make New Year's resolutions. Has anybody made some? Anybody brave enough to admit that they've made some? No, not so much. So, But a lot of people will do this. I made one one time in my life. I was in high school. I remember saying I listened to too much uh, secular music. There was this one artist in particular. I just felt like I don't need to listen to this person anymore. So I said, all year long, I'm not going to listen to that artist. Well, about January 4th came, and I was blaring that Nickelback CD once again. <laughs> so I've not been much of a New Year's resolution person. I'm not against New Year's resolutions. My, my problem with New Year's resolutions is that Really, in fact, we don't have a big enough picture when we make resolutions. And just to get on my soapbox here for just a minute, if you'll indulge me, um, I think one of the issues in our culture today is we don't have this big picture mindset. That um, we used to, for instance, we used to learn so that we could be formed by our learning. And now I feel like we just learn for the information. So we continue to praise the information, but we forget about the formation from the information. And I think our New Year's resolution sometimes will reflect the more narrow mindset. So here today, what I'd love to do with you all is just process through um, some ideas for the new year for us as believers in Jesus to really grand scheme dream of what it looks like for us to step into our next steps in our relationship with Jesus. Does that sound good to y'all? Cool. A lot, a lot of times people will say things like, you know, I'd love to read the whole Bible. 
this year. That's my goal. That's my resolution. I'd love to read the whole Bible. Or I would love to start all my days in prayer in 2023. Or I would love to step into this thing to serve. But I want us to cling to the fact that why? Why do we do these things? Not just I want to make it my goal to do these things, but why? And it's that point that we can be formed. Uh, Romans 8, 29 says this. It says, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Now, <laughs> we're going to take that word predestined and we're going to move it over here because we're not going to address that word today. That's a landmine that I'm not interested in stepping on here today. But, but this is the idea we're looking at here today, to conform to the image of his son. Perhaps every resolution that we make this year should have a so that on the end of it. I'd love to read the Bible more this year so that I can conform to the image of Jesus. I want to pray more this year so that I can conform into the image of Jesus. This is getting the, the big picture in mind, and this is what it means to conform to Christ in this context. It's to make the inner form of our nature to become like Christ. That his thoughts, his ways start to become more and more and more natural to us. To us. And how do we do that? Well, it's using our outer form, our body, to set us up in position to allow the inner form to become Christ. So the things that we do, like read the scriptures, that is our body working as we read the scriptures, we use our body, we say, I'm intentionally going to put myself in a position to where I can allow the inner form to become more and more and more like Christ. And how do we do that? Well, by reading the scriptures, by being in prayer, by doing these uh, spiritual practices that we're going to spend uh, about six weeks starting next Wednesday talking through some spiritual practices so that we can step into these things with our bodies so that the inner nature of us becomes more and more like Christ. Now, uh, we'll be in John chapter 5 for most of our time here. Uh, that's the kind of the biggest chunk of passage we have, if you want to go ahead and turn there. Um, but I want us to keep in mind, as you're turning there, a couple things. Number one, that we will never conform to the likeness of Christ. We've got to make that clear. That word conformed is the complete process of transformation. So we will never be exactly like Christ, but we hope to transform more and more and more into the likeness of Christ as we grow and mature in our faith. And because of that, there's really no reason for us to ever get puffed up by our learning or to uh, look at other people at their position that they're in, that they're not doing these things, but we are. Because why? Because we've got a long way to go and we will never, ever get there. Now, in John chapter 5, Jesus is speaking to a group called the Pharisees, and man, they knew their Bible. I mean, the Old Testament, most of them had the Old Testament memorized. I mean, it was a basis that you had to have the Torah memorized. That's the first five books of the Old Testament. But most of them had the whole Old Testament memorized, and he's speaking to them. He's, he, in John chapter 5, starting in verse 37, he's speaking to them, and he's saying, hey, you guys are missing the main thing here. 
you're so rooted in the scriptures, and that's such a good thing. You're using your body to set yourself in position for your heart, your inner nature to change and reflect the likeness of God, the image of God. However, it's not taking root. He says this in verse 37 uh, through 40. It says, And the Father who sent me has himself testified concerning me. You have never heard his voice nor seen his form, nor does his word dwell in you, for you do not believe the one he sent. Verse 39, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Jesus says when we read the scriptures, we have got to intentionally Focus on who the scriptures point to. He tells them, he says, you read the scriptures diligently, and that's a good thing. We've got to be a people who read the scriptures diligently. That's the physical part. That is good. But it has not taken root in their nature. Why? Because when we do these spiritual practices, we focus on the one who the scriptures point to. If we read the Old Testament, we focus on Christ concealed. The New Testament is Christ revealed. We, we look at the Old Testament and we say, uh, this is pointing to the coming Jesus. Everything centers around Jesus. We read the scriptures, why? With a so that. A so that we can be formed. Now we do this as an obedient act. We desire relationally just simply to connect with God, to, to hear from him and speak with him. But we also have the picture in mind that, look, we want to spend time with Jesus and we want us to be formed into the likeness of Christ. The Pharisees read the scriptures, but they didn't take root. And I think a lot of times we think or we assume that just because we're in the scriptures, we will automatically begin to become like Christ. And I think sometimes it works that way. In fact, often it works that way, but not always. I mean, again, look at the Pharisees, that they knew the, the Old Testament more than anybody, right? I mean, more than probably anybody in this room, they knew the Scriptures. They knew them, but they also used the Scriptures in John chapter 8 to try to trap Jesus, the one who the Scriptures are about. They tried to use the Scriptures to trap Jesus and shame a woman who was caught in adultery. If they had been seeking after Jesus, then they would have never condemned her. Because Jesus did not come to condemn, he came to save. And like with the blind man in John chapter 9, they, they assume that somebody in the family, whether it was him or his parents, must have sinned. They must have sinned for him to be born blind. They created sort of a hierarchy of sinners based upon someone's physical limitations. If they knew and they were looking for Jesus in the scriptures, they would know the character of Jesus where that just simply isn't the case. Or take the fact that most of the Pharisees, or at least some of them, decided to, to use the scriptures to kill the one who the scriptures point to. So the idea being that if we don't read the scriptures with the emphasis of a so that, so that we can spend time with Jesus so that we can form ourselves to the likeness of Christ, sometimes we may miss the bigger picture altogether. A few years back, I um, remember one night, um, one of my daughters was struggling sleeping, 
and she said, Daddy, I, I, uh, I just miss you. I don't want to go to bed because I miss you. And I was a little skeptical. I was like, yeah, right, go to bed. Um, but this happened for a few nights and stuff, and so I decided, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give all of them one of my shirts to sleep with in their beds. Just let them have it each night. And if you start to miss me, then you can just hug that shirt. All right? Just hug it real tight, and it'll kind of be like you're hugging me. Well, we do um, sleepovers uh, probably a few times a year, and we all just pile into to one room, whether it's uh, our bedroom, living room, something like that, and they'll get their beds ready for those sleepovers. And uh, one of them is getting their bed ready, bringing, like, their little animal friends and their blanket and their pillows, and then she brings her daddy shirt is what they called it. I got my daddy shirt ready for the bed, but then the other one looked at her and said, wait, you don't need your daddy's shirt tonight because daddy will be there with us. And she was exactly right. The point being, sometimes we can get so wrapped up in that thing that we don't take a step back and recognize what that thing is pointing to. That's what the Pharisees or some of them had done with the scriptures. That they didn't recognize that the scriptures are pointing to Jesus and how we can step into becoming like Jesus by the grace of God and the Holy Spirit in our lives. Perhaps the scriptures can have a more immeasurable impact than we ever realized before because it doesn't end with a period. It ends with a so that. It ends with a so that that is so much bigger. In fact, Paul says this uh, to Timothy in 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17. He says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. See, equipped for every good work means that you are ready to do good. That when the time comes that you're ready, it's not just in that moment that you have made the decision to do good. It's that you have uh, given into these practices with our bodies over and over so that we become the kind of person who is equipped and ready for these good works when they come. Because why? Because our inner nature is being changed as we devote ourselves to the physical act of keeping our eyes on the scriptures, being rooted in the scriptures that will allow us, if we focus on the bigger picture of becoming like Jesus, of forming like Jesus, then what will happen is we'll step in to these things and our nature will change to be more like Christ. Uh, this was the goal of Paul in the early church. I mean, not just here in Timothy, not just um, in the passage we just read, but in uh, not in Romans, not just in Romans, not just in Colossians 3. We talked about that. I won't go into detail too much here today. We talked about the idea of our old self um, is gone and we are now hidden in Christ and to step into these new things. And in fact, in Philippians 1, he says, that um, God has started a work in you, and he will continue it on into completion. And here in Ephesians uh, 4, he says this. He's talking about equipping the disciples of Christ for good works. And he says, uh, do the, keep going until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, 
we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. And y'all, I think for decades there's been a, a sizable movement in the church, I really do, unfortunately, that has been content with sort of this infancy faith. That we say, you know, I've said the words, I've prayed the prayer, God and I are good now, my salvation, my eternity is secure, and now I'm just going to run out the clock until eternity comes. But the invitation that Paul has given us here is to step into these things now. That God's kingdom is here on earth as it is in heaven, and we can really truly step into transformation and becoming like Christ now. This wasn't just a dream. This was something that Paul believed could really happen. And that's why in most of his letters, he was committed to calling us to transformation, to making ourselves become more and more like Christ. Now, a couple more things here um, to note. Number one, transformation will be slow at times. And I hope that's encouraging to your heart here today. Sometimes salvation can be quick, and sometimes changes can be quick, too. I remember sitting in my dorm room. Um, I had this little mini fridge, and I opened it up, and all I had there was alcohol in it, and I was super hungry. And I, I remember in that moment, by a Holy Spirit intervention, I, I said, look, this isn't going to be my life anymore. This is not going to be my life. This is not where I'm headed. This is not where I'm going. And by the grace of God, that is not where I've headed. I mean, it was just that quick that the Holy Spirit inter interceded on my behalf and said, no, you're not going that route. That can happen sometimes. But generally, this is a slow process. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, I, I would have thought that I'd be further along than I am right now in my faith. I mean, if I asked myself back in college, you know, where do you think you would be? It certainly would have been a lot further along. Um, I think sometimes I can be selfish, I can be wrapped up in my phone, I can be prideful, I can be insecure, I can look for a fight a little bit too easily, and I look at some of these things in my life and I'm like, really, you're still popping up? This thing still? I've been a Christian for 12, 14 years, and this thing is still popping up. Why? Because transformation is slow. And as we look at New Year's Day, the world would say, set that resolution, and if you mess up, forget about it. It's over. You didn't do it. You sit. You sort of stew in it. You, you have guilt and shame about it, but then you just kind of move on, and you forget about it, and you don't even try to move forward anymore. But with Christ, it's different. With Christ, he knows that this is going to take time, and we hope to just continue to move more and more into our transformation. And when we mess up, not if, <laughs> but when we mess up, we repent. He's so gracious to allow us to turn back to him in repentance. And we do this cycle over and over and over again as we step into these things. And the second point is this. Um, <laughs> this is different than the world, the Jesus follower, because we have the Holy Spirit who intercedes on our behalf. I mean, John 15, 16, Acts 1, among many other places, Jesus says, there is a helper, there is an advocate, there is the Holy Spirit coming, and there will be times in your life where you may not even be interested in moving into the things of Jesus, and yet the Holy Spirit so graciously 
intercedes on your behalf because why? We have the Holy Spirit. And there may be times where there's no desire in your heart. You say, I know these things are going on in my life and I really know that I ought to step into these things, but I just don't have any interest. That's when we say, God, I, I need your eyes. I need your heart. Please intercede on my behalf. Please move me, help me to move forward. We have the Holy Spirit that can intercede for us. And that's good news. Um, worship team, y'all can come forward here in just a minute. Um, a couple things as we conclude here. Uh, one, one thing I wanted to note is my girls, um, every three months, they will, on, their, on our wall, they'll measure. And they get super excited. The first of the month, I think it comes up again in February 1st, they'll be waking up and they'll say, Daddy, let's measure. And I know what I'm going to see there. I know I'm going to see a little bit of growth on the wall. Now, I haven't over the past three months literally watched and seen that they're growing. In fact, I will, even as I wake up in the morning, I won't see that the night before they grew. I, I won't see that. But over time, we use a measuring stick to determine if we've grown or not. I want to ask you all, what is that measuring stick for you in your life as you leave here today? Now, maybe that is, uh, maybe you're like me, and when you get interrupted, you, you, start, you don't have the Jesus response all the time. It, it is quick to say, why are you interfering with me? Don't you realize I'm trying to focus on this thing? That could be a measuring stick for us to say, do I respond to interruption better than I did three months ago? Have I, have I stepped into practices, not just in this moment, have I mustered the, the, the courage and the boldness to finally say no to that response, but have I set myself up with practices throughout my day that allow me to transform into the kind of person who has their uh, inner nature to be more like Christ to the point where I'm prepared to actually respond differently. Now that's a lot different, isn't it? It's not mustering in our own strength to say, I'm going to do these things. I, I'm going to, next time that comes about, I'm going to handle it right. No, it's are we becoming the kind of people who can be equipped for every good work? When those things come about, when I get interrupted or when I get frustrated, am I able to do those things because I have stepped into these practices and I've relied on the Holy Spirit? And when I read the scriptures, man, I'm so focused on this good news of Jesus. Y'all, in John 20, John says, essentially, he, he says, look, I've written these things, not just so that you'll memorize them. That would be a great tool to do, scripture memorization. Not just so that you'll memorize these things. I've written them so that you will believe and that in believing you'll have life. And Jesus calls us in John chapter 7, he says, um, I, he says I, I, I'm offering streams of living water that well up to eternal life. Y'all, our salvation may be secure whenever we begin a relationship with Jesus and we have new life in his name. Yes, we have an eternal security, but we can also experience more and more fullness of life now if we'll be diligent about calling on the Holy Spirit and saying, I'm going to step into these practices. 
I'm going to devote myself, put my body in position so that I can allow the Holy Spirit to make me more and more and more like Jesus. Y'all, I can't think of a better goal for us as Grace Meadows Church in 2023 than to be committed to this. To be conformed to the likeness of Christ, man, that is everything. Because what that's going to do is it's going to change everything in our lives. It's going to change everything. It's going to change our contentment. It's going to change our relationships. And and, and what we're going to do is we're going to see that God is truly working in our church, in our community, and in our lives. Y'all, I believe that if we create a so that, that is centered around Christ with these goals that we make in 2023, y'all, I believe we're going to see really, really good things. And I hope you do too. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Uh, we thank you for a new year. We just sort of, you know, look back yesterday as a family at all that you've done in 2022 and just help us to continue to notice. Like in 2023, we know that if we're still here, if you have your kingdom here on earth, that we know that there will be good things ahead. And so help us as the church just to notice those good things. I mean, help us to just have eyes that say, yeah, yeah I see you. I see you, God. I see you working. I see you working in my heart. I see that uh, you're using these practices, and and in fact, even when I don't have these practices, you're so gracious to just offer your Holy Spirit into our lives and help change things there as well. And so, Father, I pray that you'll help us to notice. And, Father, the second thing I pray for, I pray that you'll help us to believe. I pray that you'll help us to have a focus that is so in tune with just wanting to be like you. I mean... You look at kids all the time, they'll watch a movie over and over again, and then they'll go and they'll pretend that they're that character in the movie. And Father, I pray that you'll make us like children in that way, to say, Jesus, you are so good, you've done so much in our lives, and in fact, you've done everything, you've in fact given us life. And so Father, I just want to give it all back to you, and I just want to be like Jesus. Father, just make us like Jesus. I mean, the fact that like everything centers around him, Help us to be a church that are like children and say, yeah, yeah, I just, I want to be like him. I just want to be like Jesus. And Father, we know that we'll never get there because it is your power, not ours. But Father, I pray that you'll help us as we look at this day in 2024, that we say, man, God, you've done so much in my life. I mean, you've changed my heart in this area, and I never thought, I just, I didn't have hope before. I didn't think I could actually step into these things. And yet, you have been so gracious to us. Father, that's my prayer for 2023, that you'll continue to conform us more and more to your likeness, because you are so good.